to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Voodoo Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us, and monthly co-host Cap Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is being sponsored by tarotbyginger.com. And Ginger is a fantastic tarot reader, and if you're looking for some guidance in your life, uh, I totally recommend her, and you can find her at tarotbyginger.com. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Todd Wilcox, and he has a radio show and a book out called Slipstream Shaman. Thank you for coming on, Todd. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Yeah, I was... Actually, skimmed through your book before the show, and I was checking it out. Um, so, you know, I, my, my first question is: What differentiates the energy healing that you promote in your book? You know that that you, you know wanting to do it for free, and you're not charging people for two min, two minutes and things like that. What is the difference? Is or is there a difference between what you have here? And Reiki, that where people have to pay for two minutes. Yeah, so, you know, more than anything, the difference is uh, this is just something that came about for me, just working for me. So there's uh, both both modalities are doing healing. Both are, are the intention of helping people. Uh, the Reiki people, and I don't take anything away because they're charging, I think, think it makes sense in many cases. Uh, and what they're, what many of them tell me is, when people have money on the line, they pay more attention. They, they really get into the work, um, and it, and it feels right for them. Um, charging people for this just didn't feel right. This, this didn't seem like something that, um, that I, I, I didn't go pay to learn this. I didn't, uh, you know, have other people teach me this. This is something that I, I came up with on my own, uh, through trial and error and just, I, Something led me to it, spirit, energy, whatever you want to call it. Something led me here, and I felt like <clears throat> I should not be charging, and if I do charge, I would lose the ability to help people. And so I didn't want to lose that ability. I, I'm, I'm doing this to help, and I, I just decided that, you know, there's got to be a way to do this and make a living at it. And so part of it is uh, there will be a, a podcast for this. There's... We're setting up some social media things. We're going to be doing some seminars uh, and then the book, of course. And so uh, the biggest, but I would say the biggest difference is this is a new modality where Reiki has been around for centuries. And it's just, it's just a new part 
to the whole of energy work. So while it is different, it still works in the energy realm. And the people that perform Reiki, I, I work uh, alongside with and, and know very well. Interesting. So tell me about your journey. How did you find your ability to do this type of energy healing? Okay. Um, like many things in life, it, it, uh, it didn't start with what, what I'm at now. Uh, it started as I was in a paranormal group that um, – well, I was in a paranormal group. We would go out and help people that were having hauntings and or thought something was going on in their house. We would go um, do recordings, do the stuff you see on TV. And a lady from another group contacted me and said, hey, we're, we're putting together a group of people that are going to go out to the houses that really have problems, houses that um, that there's a haunting so severe that most groups can't deal with it. And so we're going to, we're going to learn specialty ways of dealing with these things and, uh, and go help the really hard cases. And I thought, you know what, I, I like to help people. That sounds like fun. I want to do it. Uh, but I don't know, you know, what we're going to be able to do uh, that's going to be different than anybody else or what we're doing, because really what the ghost ghost hunting teams do is record evidence or, or maybe they might yell at a ghost or something like that. And some people, uh, some people do the, the religious stuff to, to get rid of some things. But um, really, I hadn't seen anything that, that would work on the bad cases. So I was, I was interested in it and wanted to learn. The, the first training that we did was with a shaman. It was, it was absolutely a gorgeous setting in the Utah desert. And she was showing us how to access our energy. The problem was she wanted us to access, I think she wanted us to access her energy or she didn't realize that everybody had different energy and that it looked different. <clears throat> so as she's doing this, she's describing something that looks and feels nothing like what was taking place with me. I was feeling uh, a very cool energy. The energy that I could see was a, a light blue. It was kind of the color of the shirt I'm wearing now. And, and she was describing something vastly different. And I couldn't experience what I was doing while listening to her tell me it, it should be something else. And so I, I kind of disconnected during that training and, uh, and, and didn't do much more with that then. When I got home, I started experimenting with my energy. I wanted to build up the energy. I wanted to access it and use it to help people. And so while I'm doing, doing this energy work, I would, I, would, I would squeeze the energy between my, my hands. And when I do this, um, I start to feel very cold energy in my palms. Some people feel warm energy. Some mm -hmm. people feel hot. Some people feel cold. And it's okay. Everybody's energy is different. Just go with what you have, and it can change. Like I said a minute ago, my energy started out as a light blue like my shirt. It's now a very clear color, and it, it almost looks like if you shine a light through a diamond. And you get, you get many colors, but they're, they're all together in one kind of clear color. And that's, that's what my energy looks like now. Uh, it's still cool to the touch, but it, it, looks, it looks like a like diamond light. So I'm, I'm practicing this. I'm working with it. I'm covering myself in energy, um, using it for protection at that point. I, I wasn't sure what else to do. And what I found was when I would cover myself in my energy, which sounds weird because I should already be covered in it, but I would, I would condense and control my energy, cover my entire body with it. 
it allowed me to go to a place where I could actually meditate. Normally, meditation for me was sitting down in a chair, closing my eyes, breathing for a little while, and falling asleep. And uh, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. get anything out of it. But using this energy, I was able to go to a place where I could actually meditate. And this, this place ended up being what I call my quantum room, which is a, a room that's just a gray mist area. And it, and it really anything can happen in it. Dogs, uh, spirits of dogs that, that I own that have passed away come visit me. Spirits of, of my family that have passed away come visit me. Uh, I, I ask people to come see me that I'm going to work with and they come to me. Uh, and that's where all the work happens is in the quantum room. But that, you know, it all, it all just started by learning about energy, doing some meditation. And then one thing led to another. And, uh, the next thing, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I need to help people. And how do I help them? Uh, what's the problem? And, and at that time, the, the problems that I thought were going on with people where it seemed like something was attached to them, uh, whether it was a spirit or a, you know, people might call it a demon or an alien or whatever. And I thought, so how do I get rid of this? The first thing I thought was let's, let's have a warrior team. Let's have a team. Let's put together a team internally in my quantum room that can go take care of these things. And when I had that thought while I was in the quantum room, uh, the first thing that came through the mist was my dog, Desi, a little beagle that passed away a few years before. And um, she was absolutely the most gorgeous dog I'd ever seen in my life. Just beautiful little girl, uh, very loyal to the family and absolutely ferocious to anything that didn't belong. If a, if a dog got in our yard that wasn't supposed to be there, that thing was in trouble. It didn't matter how big it was. A snake. Snake's not going to survive Desi. Rat, not going to survive Desi. She was ferocious. And so what a perfect first thing for my warrior team. And then a couple of the other dogs that I had that had passed came to me. An uncle who was a highly decorated Marine in uh, Korea in World War II came to me. And, and other things came to help with this warrior team. And what, what we did at first is if somebody was having a problem, we would just go in. Desi would sniff around. Uh, she had this amazing nose. Beagles are, are wonderful hounds. And she could find the problem on a person. Now, we're in the quantum room. We're not with them. Uh, and, and I can do this work states away. I've done it with people that are in Europe. So I don't have to be in any kind of proximity. But anyway, Desi would, would start searching for the people, and she would find things. Um, and, and I'm sure that these things were just representations to me. It's not like she was actually pulling a rag out of somebody, but that's what it looked like. It, uh, she wasn't pulling an apple out of somebody, but that's what it looked like. Um, she was pulling the representation of, of this thing that I later called a companion, which I thought originally was something very bad. So we would take these things out of people and debride them, which is basically just cleaning them off. And we did this with energy. And then um, let them die, these companions, we let them die. What I found later um, was that these companions usually started as something with a positive intent. So let's say a little kid is um, get, about to get yelled at by his parents or a neighbor or a teacher or whatever, and goes internal, um, goes inside, gets quiet, gets small. Uh, that works while they're little. Uh, that worked in that situation, but it's not going to help them when they're in junior high, high school, college, at work. 
um, these things start out as something to protect us and then can, because they don't change, become something that hold us back. And, uh, and that's what many of these companions are inside people. So we pulled this, this let's just go with a, a lady I worked on with her heart. And I didn't know that she had heart trouble, but Desi, I was just doing a general healing. Desi pulled this towel rag looking thing out of her back right by her heart. Uh, we debrided it and then we gave it love and it turned into a little boy and, and walked away. Um, and so I just kind of got ahead of myself. The, uh, we started with the warrior team and we would just take stuff off and burn it. Then I realized just taking these things off of or out of people wasn't enough. Nature abhors a vacuum. We have to fill that space with something. So I created a love team. And again, first thing out was a little dog I used to own, a different one. And then my aunt, a wonderful lady who just radiates love, came out. And other things have helped in the past, too. So they helped me focus my energy on love to this person to fill up the things that we've just removed. One day I realized that these companions, these things that we were taking out of, had that positive intent. And we shouldn't just take them off, burn them, and leave them. We need to give them love. So when we give them love, they change. Like I told you with the rag, uh, we got it ready for, for receiving the love. We filled it full of love. It changed from this rag that was wrapped around this woman's heart, causing her heart problems, to a little boy that walked away very happy. And I don't know what these things mean. I, I don't want to get into the interpretation of them because whatever they are, that's for that person to decide on. If, if I do an interpretation and it's wrong, I could lead them down a, a strange path. They, they understand what we're talking about when I, when I share these stories with them. So um, in, long story short, this all started by me wanting to help people in a paranormal way, in a, in a ghost hunting situation. And it, and it grew and evolved fairly rapidly. It was, it was over the course of a few years, but that's fairly rapid for something like this, uh, into something where I could help people. And uh, just by accident and trial and error is how it all, all grew to what it is now. Uh, that's fascinating. Um, I mean, so, so this all happened like, like naturally for you. Did, like, 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 for example, the quantum room that you're describing – um, is was that something you read about? Or was that just something that just came to you? It it just happened. So I I covered myself in the energy and I was relaxing, and then all of a sudden I was in this place. And one of the things that we talk about in the book is how to find your room. Mm -hmm. And everybody has a different looking space that they go to. I have a friend that goes to a place, and and I envy her because it's a this beautiful pond. She sometimes she walks in it, sometimes she floats in it, sometimes she just sits by it. That's her quantum place, her quantum room. Uh, other people, it looks like the inside of a car or a plane or just a front room or a spaceship, uh, the woods. Everybody has a different quantum room that comes to them, just like you have different energy, and it's and it's okay. It's okay for everybody to be different and for it to work differently for for everybody i don't want to ever make somebody think if their experience is not exactly like mine then they're doing it wrong hmm. and that's not the case and you know what we know in in the world is that when you when you observe things uh you make a difference you you change things by looking at them and being aware of them and so just be aware of what you're working on 
find that room, find that, that happy place for you. Uh, I don't know why mine's so dull and everybody else's seems to be really cool, but uh, <laughs> that's just the way it worked out and it, and it works for me. And, and it's a very happy place for me. Maybe I need that to, to be relaxed and to be calm and to, and to slow my thoughts. So that may be why my room looks the way it does is to keep the distractions away. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think that this technique, is this something that you, I mean, did you read about anything prior to creating this? Uh, and when it came to you, do you feel like it was channeled to you? Um, or do you think that it was just, you know, something that you have developed out of uh, trial and error? Um, a little a little bit of yes to all those those three questions. It, it um, I as far as reading or, or studying, most of it came to me organically, internally, uh, not from studying Reiki or, or any of the other energy uh, modalities, other than getting the basics of how to find my energy. I will say that many of the things I do have been um, influenced by science fiction. So um, covering myself with the energy is kind of like making a force field. Uh, when I do heat, uh, morning protection work, I will make, make my energy, I put it around me, and then I expand it to push anything away. Sometimes I'm in a, in a hotel or, or a place that I don't like, don't feel comfortable in. I'll surround myself with the energy and then just push that energy out like a force field to get rid of anything that might be there, whether it's an entity, a, a bad energy, just um, bad residual energy, whatever the case is, and just push it out. And that, that comes from watching science fiction. Also, when I, when I would sleep, I would put the energy around me and, and create a force field. And I've taught this to other people uh, that have night visitations, uh, night terrors that, that don't want to be bothered when they're sleeping. You know, imagine how scary that would be waking up and something's right there with you. Um, and so they, they do this at night and they, they create a force field around them, around their bed or even their house. Uh, however they feel the most comfortable. And that came from reading a science fiction book where a guy set some cubes out in the sand, which turned into a force field around him so he's able to sleep. And then um, I, I sometimes wonder if there was some channeling involved. Uh, I know that I have four spirit guides, two that look like aliens, one that is, one that is the essence of an elk, and, and one is Sasquatch. And so... I, I think I, I have been channeled things, especially by the two that look like aliens. Now, I don't know if they're aliens. I don't know if they're demons. I don't know if they're gods. I don't know if they're just spirits and that's how they look. I'm not quite sure what any of the, those things are, but that's how they appear to me in the, in the quantum room. And, and they definitely, the, it's, they, they have all helped me uh, as I'm working with people, make better decisions as I'm helping them and, and try new things. So, yes, I think there has been some, some channeling. Some, uh, some of it has just grown um, you know, almost by accident. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to, uh, with a process like this, really narrow down where, how it all started and evolved. But I don't think I've done it all by myself. How did you come up with the title where you're connecting shamanism and, and quantum physics? I, that, that's a wonderful question. So shamanism is, is a very old 
um, very uh, practiced art around the world. And it's also um, a little bit slow, a little bit plodding. And it, it, when it was developed, it was developed at a time where, where we were working at a much slower rate. The world wasn't racing and, you know, you weren't always on the go and trying to get information and get this done, get this done. It was, it was a much simpler time. And I don't know, I, I know that shamanism helps people. I don't know if it, if it helps them fast enough for me. Um, people, people would tell me, I asked people, you know, how, how do you do this? And they say, well, first you have to have patience. I said, that's fine, but how do you do it fast? You know, how do you, <laughs> how do you have patience fast? And, uh, and so because I'm always wanting to do things fast and get things, you know, get things accomplished, the, the slipstream part makes a lot of sense for me because picture you're driving down the freeway, a semi goes by you going faster than you are. You get behind them and you get pulled along in their wake. You know, you're in the slipstream. So you're spending less energy going faster and easier. It's the same thing you see in the race cars, NASCAR and Indy. They draft off each other. They're riding each other really close uh, so that they're not using as much fuel. They're, they're going faster than they could without that. And they're, they're able to do much, you know, just much more chance of winning the race if they do a lot of drafting. So that's, that's where the slipstream part of it is. I've always been fascinated by things that create a way to go faster, uh, whether it's getting on a wave, uh, whether it's following a semi, uh, things like that, that, that help things go faster, fascinate me. And, and so the, the two um, just kind of came together. And, and again, it could have been channeling. It could have just been where I was at in my development. But it made sense to, to, shoot, to show the two different times, our current time and future time, with our current and past time with the shamanism. And I feel like the work I do is similar to what shamans do but just at a, at a different rate in a different place. Both shamans and I work in a, in a place of energy, in a place of spirit, uh, but I'm just looking to go faster. And, and I think part of that is from NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Training that I did. And one of the people that taught me this said, we're always looking for a way to, to go faster. And so if, it, if, we can, if we can get the same result, help people change change a something in their life in three steps instead of five, let's do that. Let's always be looking for how do we cut out waste? Are we, are we taking too much time? Are we getting lost in um, showmanship and, and just really get to the heart of the matter? And, and that's where the slipstream falls in, that we, we just go so much faster. And, and it, it, the neat part about a slipstream is if you watch it, what a slipstream does, it's pushing, pushing stuff forward. So we're pushing things into the future that we've just worked on while there's still things in the past. And, and we're creating healing in the past, too. So we're changing the future and healing the past at the same time. Mm. So... We're talking about something that exists outside of time and space. How's that possible? <laughs> you know, again, I'm not a physicist. I'm not sure how it works, but I can tell you that time uh, just really works absolutely different when you're when you're doing this stuff. People that meditate will tell you that um, sometimes their work they're doing a meditation and they think they've been for ten minutes and they've been an hour. And sometimes they think they've been meditating for three hours and it's been six minutes. Uh, you, you interact with time in a different way 
when you're working in spirit and working in energy. Uh, it, it just works completely different. I don't know how to explain how it works, uh, but it is it is really different. I, I sometimes feel that I didn't give somebody enough attention because in, in my reality, in my physical body, I only spent 10 minutes working on this. Uh, but in, in reality, when I was in the quantum room doing this work, uh, it felt like I spent an hour it, and, and the results came through. So yeah, time and space are completely different. There, you are interacting immediately with things in another place. Like I said, I've worked with people in Europe. You, know, you don't have to be touching them. So space doesn't really matter. I'm looking forward to maybe working with things outside of our planet. I haven't gone too much that way yet, but that's that's some of the next things that I'm I'm looking at is how do I how do I interact with things not of this world? Hmm. So because we know that that the space doesn't matter and and time truly doesn't. I, I get to interact with people and animals that have been been gone from this planet for for decades and uh, and so time doesn't I don't see time mattering in there. And I I uh, I drive my editor crazy because when I give examples of the, the things that I've done with people in the book, I use present tense, past tense, future tense, with no rhyme or reason to how you should set it up grammatically. It's it's how it it how it's how it sounds right based on on the work I did, and 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 when we change it to the correct tense in the book. It reads weird to me. It reads wrong to me because when I was doing the work, time wasn't a factor. Can you heal a person or a situation or animal in the past and have that alter the present? So um, that that gets into retro causality and, and also the time stuff. And uh, yes, there was a there was an experiment that took place and and I heard this experiment while I was driving one day they went to a hospital the researchers went to a hospital and they were they were um, wanted to see if they could do prayer and positive intention to heal people in the past and they were able to get the records of, of a number of people that had a blood disease and they split the records up they split the files into two piles one they were going to pray over and give positive intent and healing energy to, and one they were not going to do anything with. So they did that, and it was just a random test, a random um, division. And what they found was that the people that they sent the prayers back to in time had a much faster recovery, a higher level of recovery, uh, just an overall better experience than the ones that they didn't. And, and so when I heard that, and that was my first... Um, initiation to retro causality. I started thinking about how we could, how we could change things. And ma- many of the things that you can change, that you can heal, uh, is all about perspective. You can take two brothers. You can take twins. In fact, put them in the same situation. Um, maybe they got in trouble for something. Maybe they got hurt. Maybe you know whatever the situation was. One perceives it as the worst day of their life. And how they behave the rest of their life is um, 
based on thinking about that as the worst day of their life. So they, they might, like I said earlier, get quiet. They may be timid. They may um, shy away from physical altercation because of that event. Where the other one saw it as, as, as a learning experience, saw it as something no big deal, just kind of an, another day. And, and their, their life kind of stayed on the same course, same event, almost the same person, vastly different perception of what happened. So when you go back and you do timeline therapy or this kind of work, uh, many times you can, you can reframe what took place and, and um, change what you do in the future. The, the next book that's coming out has a process called um, trauma relief in it. And that will that will do amazing things with what you just de- described, and that should be done by I hope the end of August. The second book will be out. Wow, what's, what's the second book called? Uh, it'll be Slipstream Shaman Two, <laughs> and uh, and it'll have I, I haven't completely done the subtitle yet, but it'll have something about trauma relief, um, and it's it's geared towards. Um, first responders, military people, uh, people that come in, you know, and, and honestly, it, it's not just for them, but it can be first responders, military people, doctors, nurses, as the way the last two years have taught us retail workers, um, people that work in restaurants that have been exposed to all kinds of things and been treated um, not the best. Um, have become a joke, you know, on uh, people like to go make videos of, of throwing things at, at retail workers and, and, um, and restaurant workers and then getting thousands of people saying, hey, that was funny, you know, and, and even making money on it. So it's, it's for people that um, for sure get around trauma a lot like first responders will. And, and it's a way to release that energy so that they can heal and it doesn't take up that giant part of their life in the future. That's fantastic. That's definitely something that is needed. Can this healing also be used on like a global, a global scale or so, you know, heal a society? I, I believe so. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm working towards. And that's what I'm, my intention is as people read the book, and study and we do different seminars and train people on this. I want to build an energy where we can heal things worldwide. Um, and again, it's hard for me to take credit for things, but when you get circumstance, 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 things just start stacking up. You know, um, I worked with a person, all of a sudden they don't need to do heart medicine anymore. I worked with a dog. Uh, that didn't get put to sleep and their liver recovered. I worked with a person that healed this. You know, you, you start doing these different coincidences. And, you know, you've got to call them coincidences at first. You know, maybe the medicine just started working right when I started going with them. Or maybe probably more what it is, is the medicine was trying to work and they had some kind of energy um, thing inside them keeping it from working. And we release that. Now the medicine can work. So while I'm not saying I'm curing people, but I, I'm sure I'm helping mm-hmm. an example. Uh, but as far as globally, one of the things I can tell you is things were getting hot a little over a year ago with people going into places and protesting, going into restaurants, protesting masks, going into retail outlets, pro- protesting the masks. And there was word that they were going to come. I, I do retail. I'm a retail manager when I'm not uh, doing doing the slipstream work. 
And there was word that we were going to have a mob come into the store I manage and, and protest the masks. And I started doing this process and I, and I, I looked at the people that were upset and I, I was trying to release the energy and I was sending love to them and I was working these things, working these things. And I did, oh, probably five or six different sessions just trying to help people feel better and relieve some of the tension. And I can't remember what day this was. There was supposed to be a whole bunch of, of uh, demonstrations and, and uh, things in businesses. And the day before, they changed the mask policy to where nobody was being forced to wear them. They were still recommending wearing them, but nobody was being forced to. And all that negative energy just like popped out of out of the people you talk to they they were coming into the store frustrated upset and when that when that was announced that they could wear them or they didn't have to um it changed everybody's perspective i hope that the work i did helped facilitate that whether it facilitated the the decision to take away the the mask mandate to where they they could make the decision or just help those help the people that were really upset about it one way or another let it go and and start healing and, and not being so divided. A, a big problem that we had with those masses, there were there were people that that um, passionately wanted everybody to wear masks for protection, and a big group that said, "I I'm going to do what I want to do," and so we're dividing ourselves. And what I was trying to do was bring us together instead of that division, and that's where the healing uh, globally that I want to do is focused is on not looking at our differences, but, but looking at, at how we're similar and how we can um, work together and, and uh, being open with each other so that we can become more of, of one instead of a bunch of different factions. What is the difference between energy healing and prayer? <clears throat> I, I think they're very, very, very similar. Um, so the energy healing, <clears throat> excuse me, is probably more focused and you're taking responsibility for it <clears throat> where prayer, many times you're asking someone or something else to do that for you with the energy work, you're doing it yourself. So you can do the energy work on yourself. You can help other people which is, you know, kind of like prayer, but, um, and, and prayer is more of a, of a soothing, comforting act, but results I think can be very similar. Um, doing, doing prayer and asking for the right thing. Uh, I think you can get very similar results with prayer. Hmm. Can this energy also be used for negative? It can. And when you talk to, um, I, I get to talk to a lot of people with my radio show, and I've, I've had the chance to talk to only one voodoo practitioner. And I, I asked her about that. And when you see movies and you see TV, you think voodoo is this bad thing, and they're just casting spells and hurting people. Mostly what, what voodoo does is they're, they're trying to change the energy and make things better for people. But when you put a spell 
set an intent that's negative for somebody, that energy, they believe that energy comes back to you tenfold. So um, you could do you could do things that are harmful and evil and, and rotten with energy work. Um, the voodoo practitioners think that you're going to get that energy back at you very at a very high level. And I believe it too. Um, for me, the, the energy work is so beautiful that I would, I would never consider doing something uh, harmful or dangerous with it. Um, you know, sometimes I think, man, I'd like to, you know, cast a spell on this person and do whatever. And I thought, you know what? No, what I need to do is go in, send them love and, and see if I can heal whatever is, is hurting them. Um, see if there's something that's, that's so visible and obvious that we can help with, um, even without their involvement or permission. Um, I would rather do that. Most of the time I, I want permission. I'm doing healing. But if, if somebody, if I see somebody that's just reacting badly to everything, I will send them a healing without, without them knowing because I, I, I may not even know them or may not ever see them again, but I know that they needed some help. So those are, if, if somebody's in a coma, somebody else has to give me permission. Um, pets, I want the, the pet parents to give me the permission. Uh, children, you know, parents give you permission. But if somebody, you know, is on a street corner having an episode, um, I feel like they've gone past where they can give permission, and I and I will just go. I will I will send them energy and help them. Mm-hmm. Um, can we? You know, previously we were just talking about the past and going back in time. Can we go back in time and heal ourselves that way too? Like go Without back? question. Yes. Yeah. And that's, uh, especially when the second one comes out, but even, even starting now, you can go back and heal things. What happens when you do the trauma release process that I'm going to describe in the second book is you, you feel the change moving along your timeline, like a freight train. It's, it's just coming at you, going through you, going into the future where things are different. And, and um, I'll, I'll give you an example for me. I had a hernia operation. And you can tell by my gray hair, I'm, I'm an older guy. Had a hernia operation in high school. And the scar never healed properly. It was just a, an awful mess. And, and it hurt. It hurt for years. It hurt for decades. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> and it was, it was bad. It was ugly. And, and I did a trauma release on that. And within a month, you couldn't even tell it had ever been there. I, I struggled to even find the scar. Um, once, once we, once the trauma was released from that, from that injury, it was able to heal. And, and so it, it no longer hurt to touch it. It no longer, um, I, I didn't have to tell a story about it or anything, you know, that this is, this is why, um, it was amazing the change it made. And so as, as we're talking right now, um, Gary, I, I've realized that I've taken too long to get the second one done. I need to spend a lot of time and get that trauma release out to people. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's going to be a, a big push of mine, but yes, you can, you can heal the past. You're changing your perspective. And, and when that perspective changed, just like I talked about bro- two brothers or, or two twins in the same situation, you shift over to that better timeline where you have better resources and, and your future is much brighter. 
So, so you, earlier you mentioned that like all of this sort of came about because you belong to a paranormal investigation group. Mm-hmm. Does this technique work to rid uh, haunted houses of negative entities? Yes. Uh, and in the book, there's a story about that. And uh, I won't go into too much detail because I, I wrote it much better than I can remember it. And, and the funny thing is we were talking about time being different there. Your, your brain is different there. When I'm doing a, a session in the quantum room, everything's live, vivid, clear. As soon as I'm back out, I have a very limited time to write things down uh, or I'm going to forget the whole session. And, and so when I'm telling people about some of the, the things that I've done in there, if I'm not looking directly at my notes, I'm not remembering it very well. But I, I did some work. Uh, multiple haunted houses, but one, when, when you said that just kind of jumped out at me, uh, there was a house that, uh, a young man, um, that, that should not have had health problems, just all of a sudden started getting health problems and passed away. And when I did, uh, his mom asked me to do some work on that house. And when I did, I found that there was a tube. I'm trying to remember the whole thing now, but there was a tube attached to the side of the house, pulling energy out of it. And that tube went way off into space. And, and right now I can't even remember what it went to or if I even found what it went to. But it, it pulled his energy out to, to where I believe he, he passed from it. And so removing, <clears throat> removing that tube, healing the wall of the house, making sure that tube couldn't come back, healing the intern the, the inner part of the house uh, got rid of problems also i've done things where people have had trouble with hauntings and i'll just do an energy and expand it <coughs> just that kind of knocking out whatever's there just pushing it out so it can't come back creating a force around the house and then showing the people how to make that force themselves and, and keep that energy right so that things can't come back in have you come across any negative or demonic entities that really fought back? Yes, there was something, and and uh, again, it's in the book, but a, a close friend of mine, Ron, has been uh, abducted by aliens multiple times. When he was younger, it happened frequently. Uh, he's he's in his 60s now, and it, doesn't, it hasn't happened in, in years. But uh, he was having heart trouble. I was doing the process with him, and and I won't go into super big detail, but while I was doing the process with him, uh, part of the quantum room opened up, the, the mist went away, and I could see this alien sitting there staring at me. It, it scared us both, and it was, it was um, a fairly tall alien. I call it an alien. It might have been a demon. It might have been just energy representation. I'm not sure, but it had this big triangle head. And when it saw me and I saw it, I was going to blast it with energy and it blasted me first and, and, and actually knocked me out. And it did that two more times while I was trying to get rid of it. I kept trying to fight it. Um, and then a friend suggested instead of fighting it, send it love. And I did that and it, and it worked for a short time. But then Ron's, Ron's health was deteriorating again and I really wanted to do something to help so that we didn't lose him. And um, he's the only person in the book that I use the actual name. 
because his story's out there. He's got a book coming out and his story's out there. So it's not going to be a surprise to anybody <coughs> and it's not, not a secret. So I really wanted to help him. He's a great guy. I started meditating, thinking about how am I going to help him? What am I going to do? What am I going to do different? Two of my guides came to me, the two that looked like aliens. They were in the quantum room with me. And they told me how to, basically how to attack this thing and end it, which I did. And and it, and it has not been a problem for several years now. And I, I think that one's permanently gone. I, I do believe there's some negative things out there. There's some bad things out there that we have to protect ourselves with. And, and so we do have to be careful. One of the things that people talk about all the time that, that they're afraid of, and, and when I describe these things, because I see them quite often when I do this work, I call it the watching man. Other people call them the hat man. Uh, some people call them shadow people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what this is, is about it's about six feet tall, uh, fairly uh, large frame on him, um, a hat, you can you know he's got a face but you can't see it wearing a long coat um and usually a dark color a charcoal gray a dark blue a black mm-hmm. some people have described seeing eyes <clears throat> excuse me i've only talked to one excuse me just a second gary i'm losing my voice <clears throat> i've only talked to one person that has had personally talked to one person that's had bad interaction with these things and i i trust him he he's he's a straight shooter and he had a very bad experience with these things another man that many people listening to will have probably seen on tv he's a ufo uh investigator he's a he's a retired policeman he he uh he's not afraid of anything And, and he saw one of these things and he says i thought i was a an alpha male I'm not an alpha. Those things are the alpha. Something something made him nervous. I have not ever had an interaction with these things that I thought were bad, but many people do. Um, I just I just see them as something that that is watching us. And um, what I've done with people that have had trouble with these things is is I help them build a force field and then just radiate it out from them to to keep to keep things at bay and also just talking to these things and letting them know that, that they're bothering you tend to keep that entity away. Why do you think they exist to begin with? Like, do you, do you believe, you know, in the, you know, the story of Genesis and heaven and hell and God casting out spirits? Or do you think that these are just, you know, it's a balance of nature, yin and yang. Yeah, I, I I would go with the balance, and I'm sure that there was something that that caused that that story. Um, things just don't appear. Um, Bigfoot stories are on every every continent of the world, except for maybe Antarctica, um, but we've never found one. So stories happen for a reason, and the Genesis story we have that for a reason, and I don't know exactly what it was. Um, you know, ancient aliens will tell you it was two factions of aliens fighting. Um, other people will tell you that it was God throwing things out. I, I am not quite sure what that whole thing was, but yes, I, I go along with the balance that, that you're going to have to know what evil is. You have to have good and to know what good is. You have to have evil. Um, uh, and maybe we, maybe we label too many things also, <laughs> 
but I, I think there's, I definitely know there's a realm that we don't see that, that is energy and, and who knows how many different levels of that. And possibly as we learn more things working with energy, we can go higher and interact with higher and higher entities, what, what people would call God or, or archangels or, or uh, I guess even the devil, you know, if you, if you were going that way. So I think as we learn more and we get better at this, we're going we're gonna to find a whole new set of um, what could be called aliens or demons or, or entities uh, as we do it. But so far, my, my, uh, my experience has been overwhelmingly positive with anything I've encountered. And, and I think part of that is the intention that I have. I'm not, I'm out, I'm not out looking for trouble. I'm, I'm looking to help. And so I think I see the better side than, than maybe some people will. Hmm. With the aliens, do you think that there are physical aliens traveling here and physical crafts interacting with humans and negotiating with governments? Or do you believe that these aliens are um, more ethereal and coming from a spiritual realm or another dimension and are just communicating to us through consciousness and manipulating matter through a quantum method? Yeah, I, I think there are some physical ones, um, <clears throat> but there, there's many on the on the quantum plane I'll, I'll just tell you an experience i had it doesn't have anything to do with the book but just something that happened with me is i was always a smart aleck on my radio show and i'd say something to the effect of i can't wait till the aliens abduct me as soon as i'm in the ship i'm going to commandeer it and go wherever i want and um one night i'm sleeping in a in a motel i like those <coughs> those little old roadside motels that are shaped like an l and Sometimes mm-hmm. I have a swimming pool out front. I like staying at those. And um, I'm in one of those, and I'm asleep. And I believe I woke up. I, I'm sure this wasn't a dream, but the whole back wall was gone. And I could see this field that was behind me that was full of uh, broken down vehicles and, like, dropped off um, washers and dryers and refrigerators. I could see all over there. And a, multiple aliens walked through where the door used to be. There was a very tall insect looking one. There was, there was short grays, tall grays. There was other things, um, many, many different aliens. And, and they were not happy with me <clears throat> uh, making jokes about taking over their ships. And they made it very clear that I was to stop that. And I was physically ill, like just a, a horrible, horrible, uh, violent flu for three days after that. And I think that was, that was their message. We, we can do things to you. Um, those things I think were physical. And so I do think there's physical aliens out there. Uh, Ron believes he's, he's encountered physical aliens and many of the people I've interviewed do as well. Um, but I also think that there is, is plenty of things that we would call aliens in the um, quantum field, in the energy field. And as you think about, the way we, we uh, like what you, you'd hear a witch doctor talking about removing a demon or, or voodoo taking a demon out of people. Uh, I think that might be very similar to what I'm doing. We're, we're calling it a demon where it's, it's some kind of entity. It might not be a demon, but it looks scary. Right. And it's somehow involved with somebody being hurt. 
So I think, I think there's both. I, I think there is, I think we have had contact <clears throat> and I truly wish we would uh, be honest about it. Hmm. Um, but you know, here, here's the other problem. I, for years I said, humanity can handle it. Humanity can handle it. Humanity can handle it. Tell us. And then COVID strikes and we can't trust humanity to not buy all the toilet paper. So, you know, are they going to go out and buy all the aluminum foil if we find out that there's aliens? I, I don't know if we're ready for it now. I, for years I said we were. I don't know if, we've, if we're mature enough to, to handle that truth yet. Um, so what do you think about the, uh, you know, like, like the government coming out then with like the Tic Tac videos and stuff like that? I'm sorry, I missed part of what you said. The government doing coming out with some of the stuff that they have, like the Tic Tac videos. Yeah, I'm glad they're finally sharing those things. The Tic Tac videos, from what I can tell, uh, they're following something that is absolutely not not something we invented. It may be something that we um, that we did reverse engineering on and have. And are and are using, but my my feeling is that 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 was an actual um, extraterrestrial encounter, and I'm not sure why they allowed that to happen. I'm glad they did, and and maybe they're giving us small bites, uh, building up to something big, which which I would love, and, and you would probably love too, having having a lot to talk about and and look about and think about. So I I hope that maybe they're just giving us small bites, getting us ready for the the big thing that's coming. So a couple of times you've mentioned Sasquatch and um, one of my regular guys, I, I really like having him on. His name is uh, Sunbow True Brother and he has regular telepathic communication with Sasquatch. And he talks about how Sasquatch is really sort of like an intermediary between humans and our star brothers. Um, what is your take on Sasquatch and his role in humanity? Yeah. So I, I think there is a connection with, I love star brothers, <clears throat> love that term. I think there's a connection. There's been many people that have seen when, when they talk about it, abduction experiences, they've seen Sasquatch where they're at on the ship. There, there tends to be Sasquatch activity around UFO activity. You look at Mount Shasta, they have plenty of both. Um, and so I believe there is a connection. I don't know exactly where they fit in, but I also think that they, they have some kind of ability to, um, to leave this dimension and, and be somewhere else. You, you see the tracks that lead to nowhere. Uh, people talk about shooting them, and, and there's just a flash of light and they're gone. Um, some of the stories lead me to believe that they're able to be trans transdimensional and and so yeah i think i i don't know if they're an in intermediary i think that's a very good possibility and it makes sense but there is there is some kind of a connection and and too many people have told me about seeing them uh on ships when they're on them and and even helping with the piloting of ships so i i do believe there there is a connection there and uh, I've always had a very strong connection towards Sasquatch, and, and I believe sometimes I've, I've, I've had, um, I don't know if telepathic communication is the correct word, but you know you get that, um, <clears throat> you get that feeling that that they're there and they're watching and and uh, a part of what you're doing, and I try to be very respectful uh, when I get that that feeling. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think that there is a order of higher beings guiding humanity? If they are, I don't think they're doing a very good job, or I don't understand <laughs> what they're guiding us to. Um, I, I'm, as we talked earlier, I'm really um, frustrated with division. Uh, I hate, I hate that we have to hate each other <clears throat> because we have a different religion or a different skin color, or or we're we're a male and, and somebody's a female. I I don't I don't want to be a part of that division. So I'm I'm hoping they're not guiding us towards division. Uh, if they are there, but there could be, there could be some, some guiding people, people believe, um, uh, like Tesla that, that he was being guided, that he was channeling things that, that he had, uh, some kind of a higher power helping him with the things he was coming up with, uh, the way he talked about it, you know, just kind of pulling it from the air and, and, uh, being given these, these ideas, uh, leads me to believe that there is some kind of a higher higher entity, higher power that, that guides some of the super smart people to make those quantum leap jumps uh, in in technology and in the way we understand things. So, yeah, I think there is something out there. Um, so what is the purpose? Like, what is your mission? Like, like you know, you're not trying to make money with this. Um, so... Like how how do you plan on sustaining yourself by doing this type of work? Do you, do you have like a you know a regular job or anything like that? Like, sure. What's the so plan? So yes, right right now I do have a regular job. I have a day job, and unfortunately, it's about a sixty hour a week job. So I can't dedicate as much mm. time to what I love, which is doing this work as I would like. Um, we have the book. <clears throat> there will be seminars, and and I'm I'm. I believe that there's there's a future for me teaching people and and being a part of the community that does the energy work. I, I don't want to charge when I do a healing on people, but um, but teaching people how to do it uh, seems like it's OK. You know, and as far as the permissions I've been given. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be doing some teaching. I'll be doing uh, the, the books and. I think we'll find ways to, to do it that I can do it full time. I, I just don't know what that is yet. I'll, I'm letting it guide me. Much like when I started off with this energy work, it, it found its way. I think I will this way too. Same with me with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the podcast, great fun. And you know, for me, the the radio show doesn't really pay much. Doesn't pay anything actually, but it gives me the opportunity to talk to so many amazing people and think and 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 challenge myself that there's there's payment that way and um and so there's yeah like you said there's the podcast there's there's lots of of opportunities out there that we're just learning about and, and i i need to figure out where i go fantastic so um i want to thank you for coming on and taking the time today to talk with me before we wrap it up where's the best place for my listeners to find you and find your book yeah, thanks. I was having so much fun yammering away. I forgot to talk about that. Uh, if they go to slip, if they search slipstream shaman, I have a website, uh, just slipstream shaman. And the, as, as you know, the book's called slipstream shaman. And you can find that at, at Amazon just by searching slipstream shaman. And I'm also slipstream shaman on Instagram. So hopefully everybody's heard slipstream shaman enough to find me. Uh, you can get either the paperback book or Kindle. 
And um, just, I would love anybody that's on Instagram, be, be my friend. I'm new to it. I, I don't have many uh, sure. followers or, or following a lot of people. So anybody that wants to follow me, I will follow you back. And I would love to build that up to, to pass on information and, and the different things that we'll be doing in the future. Awesome. Well, I'll put a link to your website and to your book in the notes of this episode so my listeners can find you. Um, I know good. I was able to download the book with Kindle Unlimited for people that subscribe to that as well. Um, for people like me Perfect. who are constantly reading this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was a great having you on. Uh, it was a pleasure. And hang on for one moment while I play the outro. Sounds great. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thanks to everybody. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. Love what you listen to today. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Cochulio.